it's interesting because the numbers look a little bit different depending on whose report you're relying on. LifeWorks did a report um, they issued a couple weeks ago saying that if Alberta were to withdraw from the CPP, we would be entitled to about $330 billion or almost 60% of contributions. Now, there are other reports that estimate that could look closer to 25%, even 16%, and that those numbers might not necessarily be exactly what has been reported. So let's get some clarity and talk about what maybe other provinces can learn from Alberta's attempt at going down this road. Our guest is a professor of political science at Concordia University of Montreal, Dr. Patrick Marier. Dr. Marier, thank you so much for making the time. I really appreciate it. Good afternoon. I'm very curious, as a professor of political science, what was your reaction when you heard that Alberta was floating this idea, that this was even a a conversation point, talking about our own pension plan? Well, as someone who's always uh, studied uh, uh, pension politics from a provincial angle, this is actually quite interesting, Hmm. to say the least. So what what is your opinion of how much of this is a political move and how much of this is a realistic move? Well, good question. Uh, so it's definitely a, a political move uh, for sure. Uh, that one that's been uh, taken before by uh, other provinces, but the different length and in different contexts with regards to different schemes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the questions is, I think, for uh, Albertans to, to decide to what extent do they want to go down that road. Uh, but the key uh, element here is to keep in mind is that this is going to be a very uh, complex uh, reform if uh, one were to undertake it. You mentioned that other provinces have gone down this road before. Um, you know, the first one, obviously, that comes to mind is your home province of Quebec. But we've also seen Saskatchewan and Ontario sort of delve into these same waters. Let's start with Quebec. How has that worked for them? Yes. Well, it has worked very differently than it would work now for the simple reason that this was negotiated at the very beginning of discussion to create the Canada Pension Plan. Uh, One should keep in mind that originally social responsibilities are within the purview of provinces, and provinces eventually gave some of this away to the federal government, which is the same case, for instance, with unemployment. Mm. Uh, When it comes to pensions, we are really among the latecomers in industrialized countries, so when the federal government decided to take a foray into uh, that field of social protection, uh, provinces have already built a much stronger policy capacity. So when the CPP was being discussed and created, it involved a strong and uh, strong participation from Quebec and Ontario that were really in opposite uh, camp with regards to how generous uh, and how accessible these uh, the pension the Canadian pension plan should be. And that's what led to the creation of the separate plan for Quebec and the CPP for the other nine provinces. I think one of the key differences is that Quebec decided to opt out right from the beginning. And now we're in a situation where we've put money into this decades later. So does that make this just something that becomes so much more convoluted and tangled to try to remove ourselves from? Yes, definitely. Uh, I mean, it raised the issue which, for instance, uh, we talk a lot about how much money with uh, the, the Alberta pension plan begin with, mm-hmm. but there are other issues with regards to portability uh, of pension. That's something that needs to be negotiated with the other provinces. And you also have the issues is how you're going to be collecting Alberta pension plan contribution. And that's the lessons mostly from uh, Ontario 
when he wanted to create an entire retirement pension plan, one of the key oppositions from uh, one of the key tools to make sure that would not happen on the federal side was the refusal to collaborate to actually facilitate the transfer on contribution by using the federal uh, income tax system. You mentioned the math, and I think that that's something that is um, a really important detail to note because there are some differences in terms of what this this actual amount would be for Albertans. So do we know yet? How would we find out exactly how much we would be entitled to here in this province? Oh, that would be a negotiation, and it's something that could easily uh, go into courts. Because mm. uh, the, the, the element to keep in mind is that it's not just the federal government that would be involved into this, but the other eight provinces as well who are in the CPP who have a very important stake as to what happened or what would be the outcome of, uh, of this uh, sharing of uh, money. And also they could decide to retaliate and accentuate pressure to make it difficult, for instance, to make it portable across uh, provinces if they want to do this. So there are a lot of uh, political arsenal that could be deployed on both ends, depending on how the negotiations uh, are evolving. Right. And that's a big issue. You know, if someone were to decide to retire, if they, they live in Alberta and then they decided to retire in a different province. Or, for example, they live in a different province and then they move to Alberta. There's a lot of questions about where would your pension go? How would it follow you? And how would that work? Do you think that there's just so many details in that regard that this the point is moot to even entertain this? Well, that would involve big negotiations. I don't think it's impossible because we've seen some of these uh, attempts uh, succeed in the past. But I think the the key issue is uh, it still has to be a negotiated solution, which is why in pension politics, usually the status quo tend to prevail. When when you look at something like this, do you think that ultimately um, this is this is reasonable to entertain because, you know, there are some people that are that are really championing this. And then there are other people in this province that kind of roll their eyes and say that this is this is nonsense and, and don't buy into this at all. Where do you land? Well, I think this is one of those where the the difficulty to do it uh, is extremely high. So you need very strong political will to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, and which would make it much more d- easier to do this if you want to complain, just if you have a strong, solid, popular backing. Um, but otherwise, I mean, as soon as you're touching mature pension uh, systems or schemes, it's extremely difficult to, to pull off to begin with. And I think that's, the, uh, that's one thing I guess the Alberta government is uh, finding out right now. How would this position Alberta within the rest of the country in terms of the way that the the federal government views us, the relationship that we then have um, with other provinces? What do you think that this would politically do to us? Well, that's a very good uh, question. Uh, Well, I think it it does raise alarm bells to the other provinces who have a stake in the CPP. So I don't think they're just passengers. They are actually are directly uh, implicated as, as to what would happen and transpire from this uh, attempt to create an Alberta pension plan. So could other provinces learn from this move and and potentially go down the same road? Well, I doubt it. I mean, you don't have the same uh, political motivations uh, to do this. And at the end, there's a strong sense uh, across uh, people in in the Canada pension plan that you do like some of the core feature, you do like the portability, the administrative cost tends to be very low, and then this element of, you know, 
people actually have embraced that program. Essentially, coast coast. essentially the way that the way that I understand it is that the CPP is not something that's actually run by the federal government. And so then by doing something like this, we would place our pensions in the hand of our provincial government. Is that a move that you think would be um, smart for constituents, for Albertans? Well, I think that's to, uh, for Albertans to decide, mm-hmm. but it would be a different it would involve different types of uh, political risks. So the CPP, it is actually administered by the federal government. But when you want to change it, you need two thirds of um, uh, more than 50 percent of the population in two thirds of the provinces, which makes it extremely complex and difficult to change. And I was done purposely to make this a very stable program in which you can have long term faith that you would the mechanism and then your benefits are secured, which is actually and pension, this is the, 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 the most important currency uh, you have. So if you go into creating your own pension plan, of course, it raises a lot of these questions. And for a lot of uh, future retirees or those about to retire, you're creating a lot of uncertainties that need to be addressed. Summarize for us, if you can, Dr. Marie, from a, a political perspective. What's the why here? to chase this idea? What's the purpose? That's a very good question. <laughs> <laughs> the purpose, well, it is a uh, assertion of your own autonomy and independence, and you want to demonstrate uh, that Alberta could actually do these things on its own. Um, if you were in Quebec, I would say it goes along with, you know, a nationalist uh, movement at the time, you know, that's when we do this. Mm-hmm. And of course, the math is favorable. Um, but beyond that, I mean, I would be uh, purely speculating. Okay. A careful answer, but I, <laughs> I appreciate it. <laughs> Dr. Maillet, thank you so much for making the time to share uh, your insight and your expertise on this. I really appreciate it. Yeah, you're welcome. Of course. Take care. That's Dr. Patrick Maillet, Professor of Political Science at Concordia University of Montreal.